Our Father and our God, we recognize that because we have failed to do what we've just sung, and we have leaned on the arm of the flesh and trusted in our own abilities, we have gotten ourselves into several messes. We, um, we hate to think about the mess that we caused by, by thinking that we were so adequate, that we were so skilled, that we were so above it all, when in fact... You are not simply our helper. You are our help. It's not that we look to you to just give us a little assistance in our otherwise very sophisticated skills. You are our help. And apart from that helper, we're in dangerous straits. We're on shaky ground. We stand on thin ice. And so we come, Father, not only to sing, but to pray and to acknowledge again that it is in Christ that we stand. We will never rightly stand in the presence of God until it is on Christ that we stand, because all of the ground is sinking sand. We will never know what it means to live with serenity now until we've come to the place that it is in Christ that we stand. We will never weather the storms, the fierce gales of life until we understand that it is in Christ that we stand Oh God, as, as mystical and as metaphysical as that might seem, teach us its truth. Teach us its profundity. So that we might not ever again err by leaning on the arm of flesh. Father, we continue to pray for our country. We uh, have celebrated an election, at least many of us have, and And yet, oh God, the Republican Party is not our hope. The Democratic Party is not our hope. Our government is not our hope. It is you. And we beg you, oh God, to lead our leaders. You are the king of kings. And so take our kings and remind them that they rule only at your sovereign good pleasure. And I pray, Heavenly Father, for the Holy Spirit to abide on our leaders so that decisions might be made that will, that will help us. Lord, I pray for an end of this cruel and ugly war. I pray that somehow you will bring those men and women home from that land where their lives are daily threatened. Guard them, O God. Minimize the loss of life, both of American and Iraqi lives. And I pray that you will stop this thing quickly. And might the land be flooded with men and women of the gospel who are ready to yield even their lives if necessary so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can be broadcast. Father, 
many of us can't participate in that, but there is another way we can participate. We can give and we can give sacrificially. We can stop buying um, silliness. We can stop spending foolishly. We can stop our, our pursuit of gadgetry and, and, and make a life that is more simple and more sacrificial. Not so that we can have more comforts at church, but so that we can give for the advancement of the kingdom of Christ. Oh God, remind us that we are under orders to reach the world. And I pray that you will use this church to, in its small way, accomplish the Great Commission. Father, also, prepare us as we remember the death and sufferings of Jesus Christ around these emblems of his, of his death. Work in our hearts that which is life-changing. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Grab your Bibles, if you will, and open them to the third chapter of the book of Genesis. Uh, easily found? Genesis chapter 3. Let me read you just two verses out of this very critical passage in the Bible. Verses 20 and 21 of Genesis chapter 3. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Also, for Adam and his wife, The Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. I want to try and take a stab at explaining Um, what it is that I hope to achieve and accomplish this morning. There are a couple of words that we would love to think describe our worship service on a weekly basis. A a couple of words that that are meaningful to us, and we are hopeful that every week these two words would be true about our worship service. The worst, the first word is celebratory or celebration. The second word is participatory or participation. Gang, um, as, as Christians, because of what God has accomplished for us in Christ Jesus, There is always room, always cause, always grounds to celebrate. Even in the darkest times, the most difficult hours of our lives, there's always grounds, there's always reasons for us to celebrate. As um, I've quoted him on numerous occasions, Tim Hansel has, uh, has said, until further notice, celebrate everything. And, and we as Christians have grounds, legitimate, appropriate grounds to celebrate everything. But that other word, participatory, that's trickier. Uh, because whereas um, we don't want to, to make you into spectators, 
We, we don't want you to become nothing more than observers and, and uh, analysts and critiquers. But at the same time, we don't want to open things in a worship service such that we would produce something that resembles the church at Corinth, which was utter chaos. And that's why Paul wrote, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, to correct abuses that were taking place in the church at Corinth because it, the place had, had begun to run wild. So, whereas we don't want you to be nothing but spectators, the challenge before us is to engage you, but at the same time, not turn this into a free-for-all. Gang, in my mind, in my opinion, the um, one of the best opportunities, if not the best opportunity, to... Um, to engage you, to get you out of the stands and onto the playing field, is the Lord's Supper. We struggle with how to biblically, properly, reverently engage you. I'm saying that the best opportunity for that to take place is in the Lord's Supper. That is to engage you, to produce Participation, because when I preach, um, you may conclude that that all that is being asked of you is that you spectate, that you listen without going to sleep. But not in this sacrament, folks. We are bringing emblems, symbols, very significant symbols to your seat. We are bringing things to right where you are. And it demands of you participation. And and if you refuse to participate, there's that means something. But but in this sacrament, ladies and gentlemen, I this is this is a a a, a spiritual event that demands and invites your participation. So what I want to do this morning is simply enhance your participation. That's my goal. Is to make these few minutes that you are being asked to leave the stands and get into the game. When you are asked to to leave your seat and participate, I want to help you maximize the benefit of those few minutes. That's, that's all I'm doing this morning, is I'm trying to make these few minutes that we're going to spend more meaningful for you than simply sitting to listen to me preach. Now, to do that, I want to make three observations about this text. I'm going to do that very quickly because we're going to move to the sacrament um, pretty rapidly, but... I want to tell you just a wee bit about this text that I've read. Actually, it's not even verse 20 that I want you to look at. It it is really only verse 21. This scene where God uh, brings clothes to Adam and Eve and clothes them. Let me tell you, first of all, when this happens. I think you might know, but of course it takes place in Genesis 3. 
It comes on the heels of the historic fall. This is an event, verse 21, comes right after Adam and Eve had freely chosen to rebel at God's commands and to disobey Him. As a result of that choice of disobedience, ladies and gentlemen, they have fallen into separation before God. That is when this takes place, right on the heels of their having chosen sin and rebellion over him. After all of these grand and glorious provisions for him and his wife, Adam and Eve chose to pursue another course of life. Now, ladies and gentlemen, listen. At that point, God was under no obligation to do anything else. He could have walked away from the entire human race and allowed it to go on in its chosen sin. What I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, that at that point, a remedy for our sin was not inevitable. It was not obligatory. It was not necessarily predictable. He could have turned his back on the entire human race and let them have their sin. And yet, as you know, he chose otherwise. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm saying to you is just the fact, just the fact that there is a remedy for sin at all is a statement, is a declaration Of immense grace. The fact that you and I are here celebrating forgiveness. That in itself. Is grace unfathomable. Because. After Genesis 3. God was under no obligation. To forgive any of us. Now, real quickly about the text. Guys, first of all, I I want you to notice that um, God does for this couple something that they couldn't do for themselves. They tried. They tried to clothe themselves, but they failed. But God can, and he will, and he does furnish clothes for them. They sought to cover their own guilt and shame, and they failed. They provided nothing, and God closed them. He did for them something they couldn't do for themselves. It's, it, you remember the story of the prodigal son in the New Testament where, where the prodigal son comes home, and, and he's just this filthy, half-naked penitent, and, and does he bring his own set of clothes? Of course not. The father provides the clothes and the sandals and the ring and all that business. All the prodigal son offered was his filthy body. Same thing here. 
God does for them, Adam and Eve, something they couldn't do for themselves. Secondly, they are clothed with skins of animals, of dead animals, which hints, ladies and gentlemen, that blood is going to have to be shed if sin is ever going to be dealt with effectively. Thirdly, you see in this event of 321 the hint of a substitute. That is, blood was shed, yes, but it wasn't theirs. It wasn't Adam and Eve's. It was other blood. It was blood that came from another source that was spilled so that sin could be covered. Now, guys... The fact that there is a remedy for our sin evokes lifelong celebration. But ladies and gentlemen, the realization of the weight of our sin ought to lead us to a life of Confession and repentance, that, my friends, is appropriate participation. In response to the gospel, appropriate participation is the confession and repentance of sin. Now, here's what we're going to do. We are about, as you know, to observe the Lord's Supper. And here's what I'm going to, what I'm, what I'm going to, as I said, I'm trying to enhance your participation in this sacrament. We're going to go through the Lord's Supper just like we do all the time. Same sequence. But when all of these, for instance, after the first element is distributed to all of you. And the elders have been served. We're going to take three or four minutes. To confess our sin. And I'm going to help you. What I'm going to do is simply read passages from the scriptures about the confession of sin. I'm going to read two lists of sin that are contained in the New Testament. The same thing is going to happen when Richard serves the second element. But he is going to read for us passages that celebrate forgiveness. So we are going to provide for you just the the biblical stimulant about confession, which hopefully will engage your participation. And then, biblical passages of celebration of what we have to celebrate. Now guys, as I read these lists, not all of them will apply to you. These are pretty ugly lists, but some of them will apply to you. And as they do, confess them, not out loud. Confess them where you are. Own them. Call them what God calls them. Repent of them. Turn from them. Plead the blood of Jesus over them. But we will seek to engage you in a confession of sin and then a celebration of its forgiveness. Let's pray to that end. Our Father, I do pray that you will prepare us now as we gather around this table.
It is a time where your people are being asked to participate in a very observable, a physical, tangible way. And I pray that their participation will not be rote or ritualistic, but it will be as they reflect and consider the great message of the gospel in view of our sin. So, Father, meet us around this table. Um, get pleasure from your people as we consider our sin and then celebrate the provision that you made for it. We commit ourselves to that, Father. Meet us here by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Meet us here and engage our hearts in worship. For Christ's sake. Amen. I think you know, ladies and gentlemen, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had blessed it, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After they had broken bread together, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks, offered it to his disciples and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, who are they? Where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his grace. Now to him who loves us and has freed us from our own sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be the glory, the power forever and ever. Amen. My brother and sister in Christ, we love to close this service by singing celebration about forgiven sin. We do it every time, but... Um, Hopefully, these rich words that we're about to sing will mean more to you as we, as we uh, 
thank the Heavenly Father for deliverance from sin. Would you stand with me as we close?